All right, good morning and welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. It is negative three degrees here in central Iowa, but it is an awesome morning. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a new course. This one is a free course. Uh, Over the last uh, month and a half or so, I continue to get P2s, P3s, even a P1 or two um, that are sending me some you know, notes like, hey, you know, I follow your, your podcast and I uh, really wish there was, you know, kind of a course for us and said, okay, well, I've heard from enough people that uh, maybe this is something we need. And so the premium things I do helping people with uh, either the LOI, their CV, phase two, or the interview, uh, it just really didn't fit into that because each of those goes very deep into a very small part of the residency process, but a very important part. And in addition to, you know, the pharmacology class I have, I was like, okay, well, maybe there's a way uh, that I can kind of put everything together so that we can go wide to help this group. So the Pre-Residency Audio Academy uh, is a free course for P1, P2, and P3 students looking to residency. Uh, I know that not every pharmacy school has a program, and really, for every credit that you're paying, you're paying $1,000 to have your own professors teach you how to get a residency. I don't know, it seems a little excessive if you, you know, if your tuition's closer to the thirty dollars to $50,000 range, you're paying between $1,500 and $2,000 uh, to have someone tell you how to get a residency. And uh, again, that's a little bit excessive, I think. And uh, I have a, you know, a dad who's an immigrant, and uh, I know that uh, some of the processes that and things that we do in the U.S. are very different than things that happen in other countries. So I'm especially hoping that those that uh, are international students or maybe English isn't their first language uh, will also benefit from this as well. So uh, the way to get in is uh, just to go to residency.teachable.com. Uh, you click on the Pre-Residency Audio Academy and you can get in there. There's no strings, anything, just uh, a number of videos that uh, I've put in so that you can kind of get a feel for uh, the challenges and some of the things that you're going to need to do. But what I wanted to do is give you something, uh, a little gift for the kind of charter members, if you want to call it that. Uh, So what I've done is, under Free General Resources, I put in 25 free audiobook codes for the book Read This Before Pharmacy Residency, The Right Moves on the Road to a Residency Match. And the reason I put that particular book's audiobook codes in there is because I did this with a physician. And uh, I'm from Montgomery County, Maryland, so it was just kind of neat that, you know, when I met him uh, through a mutual friend, uh, that he was also from Montgomery County, Maryland, though we're also very uh, different in our timelines. Uh, He went to uh, Churchill, I went to Wooten, Uh, so I mean really the zip codes are not that far apart. And what we did was uh, we put together a six or seven hour book for those students who are trying to kind of get their grades as high as they can at the same time uh, that they're trying to have all these leadership activities and do all the things that make you, you know, just a rock star residency applicant. 
Uh, so that's kind of my gift for you for uh, the first 25 they get in. Please only take one code. I don't have the time to make sure that I email back and forth. I don't want to make it difficult. Uh, but again, uh, that's going to be under free general resources. Uh, and what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start talking to those students uh, who are P3s, P2s, and uh, that are uh, interested in residency. And I was asking them, well, what do you need? And the first kind of thing was to understand just how different the application for residency process is than the application process was for becoming a pharmacy student. So the pharmacy application for being a pharmacy student is close to 90% acceptance. So it's I think it's like 88 point something right now. So if you apply to two or three schools, the likelihood, unless you apply to the top, top schools only, uh, is very high that you'll be accepted to a pharmacy school. However, uh, it's very common to get three rejections for every one acceptance uh, in uh, residency application. And that's a bit of a shock. So when I hear that some people are only applying to four or five programs, it really, really kind of you know, breaks my heart. Yeah, you're going to hear the story of the person that got six or seven uh, residency you know, acceptances out of six or seven, and that is not the norm. Uh, the norm is about three to one. So when you're talking about how many positions each residency site is actually going to uh, fill, so let's say a residency site has four positions, they're only going to interview between six, well, maybe five and eight applicants for each of those spots. So if they have 200 applications and they're only res interviewing, we'll say the high number, we'll say that they're interviewing eight for four spots. Okay, we'll do that, 16, 32. So that's 32 out of 200. Or 16% will get an interview and 84% will not get an interview. And of those 16%, you now go again to only four of them or 25% of that number. So when you go overall for a 200 applications to a four residency position site, you're talking about a 2% acceptance rate. Now, as you apply to more sites, obviously uh, some of the sites are gonna have fewer applications and some are gonna have more. But what I put in here first was a PharmD to MD success story. Uh, I interviewed a medical school applicant who applied to 36 schools. And you say that's awfully excessive. As a pharmacist, wouldn't he have a great chance to get in? Again, there's so many misconceptions with medical school and with uh, residency. Being a pharmacist or nurse is one of the worst possible majors you could have. Uh, the acceptance rate is lower than almost all of the other majors. And you're like, why? They would be so qualified. And the reason is that they already have a profession. So medical schools look at it as, well, why didn't you just come to medical school? Why did you go to pharmacy school? Why did you go to nursing school? It's actually best to be a music major. Sounds crazy, but those that are playing the piano actually have the highest chance. It's not necessarily the piano, but that play an instrument actually have the highest chance of getting in, followed by physics and engineering majors. Sounds strange, but they want problem solvers. They want people that are interesting and unique. Having a health professional go to another health professional major is not unique. Uh, it's something that happens all the time. It's like being a biology major. So 
the reason why the more biology majors make it into medical school than any other major is because there are more biology majors applying than any other major. But it doesn't make it the major that's most likely to get in. So I don't want to go into medical school as much, but I just want to make clear that's what's happening. And then the second one was that choosing the right appies for residency. And they must be before your January interviews. And you say, well, that's not fair. I don't have control over it. Well, some schools use the PICOA and say, all right, well, you know, if you are the top student with your grades or you're a top student with the PICOA, we will give you first choice. The most valuable person to you for residency is actually the experiential learning group. Uh, those people have more control over your residency odds than anyone else in pharmacy school. Unless I guess the dean told them to tell you or something like that. But choosing the right appies are huge because when you get to the interview, imagine you've had only one six-week rotation or five-week rotation in a clinical site where somebody's had four clinical rotations in a NICU, a PICU, uh, maybe they've had their you know, general hospital, but they've also had pediatric. Their clinical ability and knowledge and way to talk about things is going to be much more like a resident than yours is. So getting the right appies at the right time is huge. Okay, And then what I've done is I've put in uh, just kind of stripped down the the ones that I have for very, very specific groups like the LOIs and the CVs and the interviews so that you can get a very broad idea. So the next thing is understanding how important the letter of intent is. And honestly, to me, it is the most important document because it is reflective. When you write a letter of intent and you write a letter of intent to somewhere that matches, you're like, yeah, this really fits in. It was easy to write. But then you're writing a letter of intent to, of intent to someone who it just doesn't fit. And if you look on the boards, so many rejections are because of a poor fit between offerings and what you have done. And it's so clear when you write a letter of intent that puts in and matches your abilities and your appies to their residency rotations. But if you just write a letter of intent that copies the UCSF model that just says, here's all that I did, you never bother to match the two. And I just get so frustrated with this because it is a waste of 40 or $50, whatever it is to apply to that next site. Okay. Um, most students are actually pretty decent with the CV, though I've seen some CVs that are absolutely terrible because they have not had a professional go through it. Again, this residency thing, just like applying to medical school, those people that are successful, most of them are getting help, like paid help, not just, mom, can you look at my uh, grammar on my uh, cover letter? No, they are going all in. And, you know, I'm like 100 bucks per thing. It's not, I'm not super expensive. If you break down your, how much you pay for pharmacy school, it actually works out. If you talk about the actual days that you're in school, you pay between $100 and $200 per day you step on campus. So when somebody says, oh my gosh, $100 is so much, I'm like, it's $3 a day for a month. You cannot tell me that if you're paying between $100 and $200 a day every month of your pharmacy school experience that you cannot afford $3 a day for a month. So, and the other thing is that it, I because I'm 
editing it for you, it makes your other templates so fast you save a ton of time. Anyway, I digress. So letters of intent, CVs, uh, residency interviews. So I just uh, had a great interview with someone who earned eight residency interviews and kind of talk about that. Uh, letters of recommendation. So important to understand how to get good letters of recommendation and you are a huge part of it. If you just hope for the good letter, you're absolutely doing it wrong. You have to put in what it is that you did during that, that experience because they might not even remember your name, much less what you did. And then understanding the actual document, the actual document is out there. It's very easy to get, uh, understanding that as well. All right, the next piece is uh, mid-year, understanding if you need it, if you don't. Uh, things have really changed a lot like from mid-year. So uh, it's good to go to mid-year, but the more important thing is to find the individual sites that you want to apply to and talk to them in their smaller webinars. Uh, RPD Insider Tips, so you get to actually hear from a couple of residency program directors. What's that sound like? What do they want? What are, what are the things that they're looking for? This interview was one of my favorites because it was a student that was my Appy student who interviewed an RPD and ended up at that site. So, so bold and I just was so proud of her. Uh, then what's it like to hear from a current resident? Uh, and I just picked the one resident that was at, um, there are some academic medical centers and then in our community, but there's some in-betweens. Uh, I know of a Fairfax is one of those that's in uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, then ranking the residency programs, really understanding what it means to say, well, what do I feel like I'm going to get a match with? Because after the interviews, you have no idea. You don't get any card like, here, you, we would put you probably in the top 10% or top 20%. You get nothing. All you get is, thanks, and we'll see you in two months, maybe. Right? So how do you rank them with that little information? Phase two, one of the top candidates who will admittedly say that she made a mistake. She only applied to, I think, four programs. She was very narrow with her search and didn't have any what you would call safety residencies or, or whatever. And then she goes through, it was a two-part series. So we spent almost an hour talking about it. But what do you do? What do you do in phase two? And how do you make that happen? And she did a great job uh, making it happen. And then once you get that clinical career and cover letter, you know, how do you actually apply for a clinical position? So I wanted to have these uh, very broad, I guess, segments of your journey from P kind of middle of P3 to the graduation uh, and then beyond residency so that you have an idea of what's ahead. And I, I just talk about this all the time, but I love, love Steve Jobs is um, you can only connect the dots looking backward. So what I think is really missing in many colleges of pharmacy is just a, well, what is, what are the things I'm going to need to do with residency? Can I hear from some people that are doing it? And I put RPDs in here. I put current residents in here. I have talked about success stories of people, you know, interviews with people that have under very difficult circumstances made it through, you know, a, a phase two uh, application process. So I want you to succeed, and I think it's kind of a Greek tragedy that you have to pay or use up two credits, one credit, to have somebody teach you how to get a residency. Uh, 
it's a free course. Just go to residency.teachable.com. And again, the first 25 people that come in, uh, I've got audiobook codes for you for Read This Before Pharmacy Residency, a seven-hour book about uh, the right moves on the road to a residency match. But I think this audio academy is a great way for you to hear about residency, to learn about residency on your way into your appies or on your way in back to school. So tell your friends, uh, whatever. And if you got questions for me, it's always TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com. I'm pretty good about responding and uh, I'd love to hear from you.